Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Here's the thing. God's answering your prayer. You just may not like the answer. He's either going to answer it in one of three ways. Yes, no, no, why not? (laughs) Because it's not good for you. Trust me. Or thirdly, he might answer with, I hate this word. Wait. I hate to wait. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Philippians. In today's message, Pastor J.D. will remind you that God will always answer your prayers in one of three ways, either with yes, no, or wait. Pastor J.D. will encourage you that when you're waiting for God's answer, continue to pray and trust God that He'll answer your prayer in His perfect timing. Don't give up praying. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Philippians chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Perhaps you've heard it said, I thank God for answered prayer, but sometimes I am more thankful for the prayers that God did not answer. I look back over my prayer list, which I've kept for, oh my goodness, since I was a new believer, 37 years. And I go back to those early prayer requests that I still have. I just, I find myself apologizing to God for praying that prayer back then. Oh Lord, I'm so sorry. Here, here I'm praying for this, and, and God's just going, <laughs> you don't want that. No, I want it. I need it. I need this, Lord. No, you <laughs> I can just picture the angels in heaven given charge concerning me going, you don't want that. Don't ask for that. Thankfully, God's not going to give you that, because if God were to give you what you're asking for, it would destroy your life. Example, for those of you, and I know none of you here, I'm talking about other carnal Christians who pray that they win the lottery. Don't pray that. Have you seen what happens to people who win the lottery? Their lives are destroyed. They even have TV shows. I, I was flipping through the channels one time, it was a long time ago, a while back, and I came across this, I don't know, I don't know if they still have it, but it was a, a, a series on lottery winners and how their lives were completely destroyed. And I'm thinking to myself, are, you know, and I know there's, there's some of us who think to ourselves, well, I would tithe on the winnings if I, Lord, just if you let me win the lottery. <laughs> okay, I have to confess this. I, I was a very new believer, and as I've already confessed, I, I struggled with this, you know, particular area in my Christian walk. But when I was uh, um, uh, in, the, in the business, I prayed and I said, God, if you'll Give me, I'm sorry, forgive me. I hope you don't see me differently when I share this, okay? Full disclosure, I was a very young, immature believer. Did I say that? Okay. Lord, 
I, I, I really wanted to drive a Mercedes-Benz 450 SL convertible. I prayed. I said, God, if you'll give me a Mercedes-Benz 450 SL, I will take people to church. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. You've prayed similar prayers, haven't you? You haven't? Let's close in prayer then, because... <laughs> I've heard it said this way, and this has been such an encouragement to me in this regard. If I knew what God knew, I would answer my own prayers the way that God does. Let me say the same thing in a different way. God answers all our prayers, meets all our needs the way we would if we knew what He knew. The problem is we don't know. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what's good. He knows what's not good. James chapter 1 verse 17 says, Every good, not just good, but perfect gift, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down, from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change his mind. He gives us what we need, and it's always good, and it's always perfect. And let me add, the timing is always perfect too. See, sometimes it is a legitimate need. But God will deem it necessary to delay, as Isaiah thirty eighteen says, so that He can be gracious unto you. Meaning that God's delays are not God's denials. He's delaying for a reason, and perhaps for a season. I like how one quipped. It's so good, and it's so true. When God says no, I completely botched. This is why I use notes, by the way. You ask God for something. You have a legitimate need. And God may respond by saying, the timing is wrong, slow. He may respond by saying, you're wrong, grow. He may respond by saying, the request is wrong, no. But when the timing is right, and you're right, and the request is right, God says, go. Here's the thing, God's answering your prayer. You just may not like the answer. He's either going to answer it in one of three ways. Yes, no, no, why not? Because <laughs> it's not good for you, trust me. Or thirdly, he might answer with, I hate this word. Wait. I hate to wait. I was sharing with somebody uh, last week about a time when God had to get through to me in this area. It was many years ago, again, when I was a young believer and on the mainland, and so impatient, always in a hurry, hate to wait. 
I mean, I go into a line at the grocery store. You know how this is, right? And there's always somebody in front of you that has a check that they want to cash to get supervisor approval from Zimbabwe. And then you think you're clever when you sneak into the other line, and then it's worse. And the person that was behind you in the line you just left gets out before you, and your sanctification flees from you. Okay, I feel better now. I just had to get that off my chest. (laughs) I hate to wait. I hate to wait. So you know it's bad when God has to get through to you through a personalized license plate. You know, you know it's bad when God has to speak into your life by way of a car that you've never seen before, cutting you off, pulling out in front of you, slowing you down with a personalized license plate with an H, a 2, W, and an 8. Hate to wait. And it was right close in proximity to my house. I drive that road every day. I had never seen that car before, and I had never seen that car since. I am convinced that it was driven by an angel, unaware, (laughs) that was dispatched to my location in order to get my attention. Because, you know, I I can be stubborn and obstinate and thick-headed. I know none of you know what I speak of. And so God has to somehow get my attention. And so sometimes the best thing that God can do for me and for you is to say, not yet, just wait. Then when God moves His mighty hand as only He can on our behalf to meet that need, oh my goodness. One of my favorite promises in the Word of God is Romans 8.32. Listen to this. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Listen to the rhetorical question that Paul by the Spirit writes and asks. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Did you catch that? In other words, you have a need. Yes, I do. It may not be a financial need. Maybe your need is for something else. Maybe it's that prodigal son or that wayward daughter. And you've been praying and crying out to God for years for them. Maybe it's for a loved one that you've been praying for, for their salvation. Maybe the need is something else, a physical healing, a physical, a a healing touch from the mighty hand of God. Maybe your need is for peace, for the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Maybe your need is for strength. Whatever that need is, you fill in the blank and superimpose that need on this promise. Because this promise is saying that if God would not withhold His only begotten Son that He gave because He so loved the world, is there anything good that He would withhold from you? 
I mean, just think logically with me through this. You have a need. God did not withhold His Son, which was your greatest need for a Savior, right? It's been said that our greatest need was His greatest deed, coming and dying and paying in full for all of our sins. Our greatest need was His greatest deed. Now, how is it possible? There's almost some sanctified sarcasm again, if I can say that, on the part of the Apostle Paul. He's almost being sarcastic. I mean, how does that even make sense? That if God is not willing to withhold His only begotten Son, that He's going to withhold that need from you? Think about it. Here you are, Lord. Oh, I need Thee. Oh, Lord, I need Thee. Every hour I need Thee. Oh, Lord. And we cry out to Him, and He hearkens under the voice of our cry, under the banner of His willingness to send His only begotten Son. Here's another uh, way to think of it, and then we'll try to bring it in for a landing here. Notice I said try. That's uh, <laughs> Bear with me. We're trusting God when that trumpet sounds, that the dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive and remain will be caught up, raptured up, to meet the Lord in the air and forever be with the Lord. We're trusting God to do that, and we can't trust Him for this month's rent. We can't trust Him for this need that we have in our lives. How does that make any sense? Why would God withhold anything good from us? If it's good, it's God. And He will provide whatever it is if it's good. If it's good, you got it. Kind of sound like a Toyota commercial from back in the day. You got it, Toyota. Okay, sorry. If it's good, God's going to meet it. Now, it's when these conditions are met that we can be assured of this magnificent promise from God to meet all our needs. And not only do we have the assurance of all of our needs being met, we also have the assurance that the source is inexhaustible. It's infinite. It's inexhaustible. In other words, God will meet all our needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. Listen to what Paul said to the Ephesian church, chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Now to Him who is able, I love this, I love this, I love this, to do exceedingly abundant above all, exceedingly abundant above all, and then sometimes 10 to the 20th power ad infinitum. 
all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. The riches that we have unfettered access to, given to us exceedingly abundantly above all, think about this, that we could have even asked for. In other words, sometimes God will just give us something that we're not even asking for. That we don't even know we need. (laughs) Or even think we need. Ask or think. It is abundant, exceedingly so, and inexhaustible. One of my favorite examples is found in 2 Kings chapter 4 verses 1 through 7. We're introduced to this vulnerable widow who cries out to the prophet Elisha because the creditors are coming to take her two sons into slavery, which is what they did then. They didn't have bankruptcy. They didn't have chapter 13 or chapter 11 to reorganize. If you had debts you couldn't pay, you had to have your son sold into slavery to pay the debt. If you didn't have sons, you were sold into slavery to pay that debt. She doesn't have the money to pay the debts, and they're about to come and take her sons. So she cries out to Elisha. Elisha asks her, what do you have in your house? And she tells him that she really doesn't have anything but one jar with some oil in it. So Elisha tells her, to go and borrow empty vessels. And he's very specific. He says, not just a few. Get as many as you can. So she does. And then she takes those vessels and she pours from that jar that she had what little she had and keeps on pouring, keeps on pouring. Fills up one vessel, puts it off to the side fills up another one, puts it off to the side. Keeps doing that until there are no more vessels. And we're told that the oil stopped flowing when she runs out of vessels. So Elisha then instructs her to go and sell the oil and pay off all of her debts. And there's even enough left over for her to live on the rest. And she does, and in so doing, she saves her sons. Now, think about this. We're like this widow, aren't we? We have the absolute assurance that God will meet all, and I mean all, our legitimate needs. That was a legitimate need. Now, what's striking to me is that the narrative seems to indicate that had she had more vessels, that oil would have kept flowing. In other words, the more she had, the more would have been filled. Now why do I mention this? Because it speaks to this aforementioned inexhaustible supply that is ours for the asking. 
You know what though? (laughs) Sadly, many of us could be guilty of what James says. You have not because you ask not. I'll tell you, something the Lord's been ministering to me, are all of those things that I could have asked for that were there for the asking that I never had because I didn't ask. Here's God waiting with this inexhaustible supply to keep the oil flowing. There's a, a, a passage in Zechariah where Zechariah for nine years, they're, they're working, they're building, and it just seems like they didn't even put a dent in the construction. He's discouraged, so are all the Israelites. And then God appears to him and shows him two enormous olive trees. And underneath is this huge golden bowl, and in the middle a lampstand. And these olives would fall into the bowl, be pressed, and the oil would provide this inexhaustible supply to the lamp, keeping it lit. You know, oil in the scriptures is a type, a picture of the Holy Spirit. This inexhaustible supply that is ours by way of the Holy Spirit that indwells us, enables us, empowers us. Let me say lastly, she had little oil, but she had a big God. I want to just flip that around because I think sometimes we put the butt in the wrong spot. Hear me out. I didn't say she knows she has a big God, but she's only got a little bit of oil. She has a little bit of oil, but she has a big God. You'll forgive me for saying this. I know that you know that I don't mean to say it this way, but I think you get the point. You need to make sure, (laughs) I better not say it that way. Where is your B-U-T? There we go. Is that okay? (laughs) You get the point, right? Where is your B-U-T? I know I have a big God, but I got this huge need. No, no, no. You have a huge need, but you have a bigger God who will meet that need. We're so glad you joined us today for Pastor J.D.'s continuing teaching in the book of Philippians. We pray the joy of the Lord fills your heart as you move through the rest of your day. We hope you'll take some time to spend with God today. Here at In Spirit and Truth, we always encourage you to revisit the scriptural text you heard on today's teaching and to learn for yourself what the Lord is saying through His Word. Know that we're praying for you as you lean into your relationship with God and we'll continue to do so each time we produce a new edition of In Spirit and Truth. Are you in the Kaneohe area? If so, we'd love to have you come be part of our weekly services. Calvary Chapel Kaneohe meets each week to spend time praising the Lord and learning from His Word. 
Find out more about us and get directions at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can also hear additional teachings from Pastor J.D. while you're there or download our mobile app for Apple and Android devices to access these messages anywhere and everywhere. We'd also like to point out Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. Each Friday and Saturday, Pastor J.D. updates us on where the world is in conjunction with the prophecies in the Bible. He takes the time to comb through the news and tell us how world events line up with God's plan as stated in the Bible. You can view the latest edition of the Mideast Prophecy Update by visiting InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Thanks for joining us today for Pastor J.D.'s teaching, and we hope you'll tune in again right here on In Spirit and Truth. With the old wind.